The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer. The one, the only. He looks refreshed today. Tony Casillas, TC, what up? You know what? I am a little refreshed. I got a chance to go out of town and get some sun, get some vitamin D, and uh, the brown boy is back. Is that your favorite vitamin? Um, I like the sun. So yeah. I would say, yeah, vitamin D is... For the pigment, although you have to wear uh, maybe 40 sunblock now because uh, the sun damage. But uh, yeah, I think vit- vitamin D, especially, yeah, because it's all about the sun and kind of rejuvenating your kind of gets restarted. Right on. Well, uh, you uh, you were out of town last week, and so uh, glad to see you're refreshed. Glad to see you're, you're ready to roll. Uh, the NFL draft happened, Tony. And um, let's just jump right into it. The Dallas Cowboys drafted a nose tackle. And I'm very excited for your thoughts on this. Um, it's it's a rare thing for the Cowboys to specifically address that big trash can run stuffer. Uh, but Quentin Bohana <laughs> out of Kentucky, uh, we were doing a bunch of live shows during the draft. And a lot of people were anxious to hear what your thoughts were on Mr. Bohana himself. Well, first of all, I was just kidding you when I before we started a podcast. Right, right, I said, right. Did you follow the draft? Right. And like, you did a tremendous job of covering it. And I was blogging the boys and. Uh, just so much content. So keep up the great work, brother. Uh, you, you just mentioned it in this defense. And it was, if you're a defensive person that really just thought the Cowboys should go deep in the, the defensive side of the ball in the draft, you know, your, your wish was granted because that's exactly what they did. But uh, Bohanna, I mean, he's a, he's one of those lunch pill guys. I mean, he's a big dude. Uh, he's a good one technique and nose tackle. I don't, he's not a, a, a pass rusher. So if you look at it into Dan Quinn's and what you need is a one technique and a three technique and just, you know, this, this grabbing up space and keeping your linebackers free. He's that guy. I think that he's the guy that they, they looked at and thought, you know, with all the picks that they had early on uh, that he could fill that void and that role as that type of person, because those guys, frankly, are hard to find. Yeah. I mean, um, the it Cal- sounds simple because it's, it's more of a run stopper, and I understand that. But to be able to have that role and just know your role and that's what you do, you're down and dirty, 
again, RJ, they're just they're just kind of hard to come by. Yeah, I mean, um, the Cowboys have not had problems finding three techs. Uh, I say not had problems, but they've they've um, they've not been averse to that. But right. um, th- like the one tech position is something that. They just and, you know, you wonder what happens when they when, you know, this is an extreme example, when they go to Los Angeles and play the Rams mm-hmm. in the playoffs and CJ Anderson's running all over you. Um, I mean, again, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of a sixth round pick here. I'll do respect to Quentin Bohana, but it's progress. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, this is the third draft since we started the 750. And Tony, I'm not trying to give us all the credit, but if you think about it, the first draft after we started the show was 2019. They took Tristan Hill in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Last year, they took Neville Gallimore in the third round. Uh, this year, they took Bohana in the sixth round, but they also took somebody out of Troy Aikman's alma mater in UCLA in Osa Adigizua, um, a little bit of a more athletic defensive tackle overall. Uh, nice job on the pronunciation, by thank the you. way. Thank you. It's it's uh, it's a work in first progress. First time, right? That's probably yeah, the first time it, you've been. It was that was see like that's what nobody tells you when you're like growing up like um, the thing about like being on live is it's a lot of fun the energy is really great uh, right but, but then you get a name that is tough and uh, yeah you, you butcher it ten times in a row you finally figure it out uh, but we are basically responsible for the Cowboys now you know at least investing mild resources into the defensive tackle position um, so that's nice what what do you like about Osa because again not not necessarily like your run stuffer. Um, but another, you know, 75th overall pick, I have to imagine they, they have high hopes for him. Well, and I think that for me, it's all about, um, you know, they, they, you know, they had all these numerous draft picks and we will, we will know in two to three years, obviously, uh, Makai, uh, you know, Parsons and Kelvin Joseph, these type of guys, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to play right away. But still is, is we've been, as long as we've been doing our show and been following the NFL, it, it takes a, an adjustment. Um, you know, look, I mean, with all that many picks, I hope that these guys can fill that void because that's something right there in the heart and soul of their defense. They give up so many yards versus the run last year. And I just know as a defensive player, the one technique and the, you know, the coaching aspect of it and being more patient is something you have to develop. And a lot of people think, well, why is that such a big difference? Well, because things happen faster. The, the guys always said the, the adjustment, the, the reps are, are totally different. And saying that, I think Osa brings a, a really, really good dynamic. I think he's a big dude. Um, I think he's a little bit more versatile uh, than to Bahana is because of just what he can do and what he did at UCLA. Um, I, think his, I think what's interesting about the draft now is it's almost like running for a political office. Everyone knows everything about your personal right. life. And he's an interesting guy. He's more an advocate of mental mental health and right. everything. So all these guys got a lot of really interesting intrusinctes about him, you know. Um, so I I think for him, the aspect of him, and I have Antoine Woods, obviously you mentioned Tristan Hill and, and Neville Gallimore. I mean, this is just add to the mix. And I think that he's more athletic. He's a big dude. Um, he's more of a three technique uh, edge guy, not edge right. guy, but still the three technique. You still you have to take that step inside and and really just let the defense flow uh, laterally. And I think that it's not just you know hauling ass upfield, RJ, in the three <laughs> technique. It's grabbing the blocker and understanding the the nuance of the defense. And I think that that's the adjustment that all these defensive linemen have to make in the National Football League. But I like the pick. I think 
you know, whenever the Cowboys traded, uh, you know, that 10 round pick and went down to 12, I think they got some value for that with the Philadelphia Eagles. And so I think the, some of these picks that they had early on in the second and third, maybe the fourth round, are really hopefully guys that they really can count on to be on the opening day roster. Yeah, I think um, the the pick that they uh, that they acquired with Philadelphia when they moved down in the first round was spent on Chauncey Golston, the Iowa mm-hmm. defensive end, and right. so um, that pick, I I just I was a little conf- I was a little befuddled by it. Um, I mean, you know, but just because they they drafted an end last year that didn't get onto the field that mm-hmm. you know really upset a lot of people and Bradley and I, and so you know, I mean, I, you can never have too many of anything, but. You know, I, I don't want to see Bradley and I's progress stopped is my point. But again, you know, maybe they, they know what they're doing. I think that the pick, Tony, before we get to Micah Parsons, I, I guess this steers us into our linebacker conversation as a whole. Uh, but first, the pick that I think Cowboys fans are most excited about, because people get excited about value. People, you know, people want to be here like, oh, the Cowboys spent, you know, this pick on him and it was because he fell, right? Like he, it's he's really, you know, a higher round grade. And uh, Jabril Cox fits that mold, obviously, um, in, in many people's assertion, the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. And like, when was the last time the Cowboys had a linebacker who could cover, who could who could move laterally, who could run side to side? I mean, maybe rookie Leighton Vander Esch in, in 20 and that that year. I mean, Jalen and Leighton were both obviously awesome, which is why a lot of people believed in them. But um, it's times are changing. I mean, at, at the linebacker position. In fact, like to set the stage, so they drafted Bill Cox after they drafted Micah Parsons. So they they spend two picks in the top 115 selections on the linebacker position on Monday. They did not pick up the fifth-year option on Leighton Vanderish. In fact, they declined it. Uh, it's the official verbiage. So I mean, I uh, here's a lot of people. Tony are happy to see some accountability at the linebacker position because it does feel like since 2018 Leighton and Jalen have been the two guys most parked on easy street, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, Leighton has been, it's all about his injuries. That's the reason why they didn't pick up his fifth year option. And, and look, I think it's a message sent loud and clear. We're not very good at the linebacker. We don't feel very comfortable um, about where we're at. We got a new defensive coordinator. He's got a chance to see all the forensic and watch tape and understand that we need to, you know, to go find, uh, you know, more suitable linebackers in this 4-3 defense. And and that's one thing about the National Football League. That's the shots fired. That's what you – that's how people respond. I mean, look at – to take it to a different level, look at Aaron Rodgers at, uh, in, in, in Green Bay when they drafted a, a quarterback two years ago. It, so there's some sensitivity, but also, as you mentioned, accountability that these guys got to be more suitable. They got to get better. I mean, Leighton Vanderess, I don't know because of his just degree of injuries. It's really held him back, RJ, uh, and maybe the defensive side of the ball. But Jabril Cox is an interesting, interesting dude, man. I think about he's in North Dakota State. Um, he optioned out and, and, and transferred to LSU because he wanted to see if he could play at that level in the right. SEC. And for all, you know, for all matters, uh, had a, a pretty good year on an LSU defense or, was, or excuse me, on LSU uh, offense and defense, but a team that wasn't that good. Right. He's a bright spot. And the guy, as you mentioned, can cover in space, can haul ass. Was he have like 4-4 speed, something like that? And so this is a guy that's more man-to-man that, uh, that understands is rangy, long, can cover a, a lot of field. And I think his instincts a little bit better – 
than maybe what they have right now. But, you know, the point to Leighton Vander Esch, I hope he stays healthy. This is a contract year for him. If he stays healthy, I, the question is, is like Stephen Jones said in his uh, State of the Union, uh, if he does on 105.3 FM, that, hey, we want to bring him back. Hey, look, uh, yeah, they want to bring him back, but they don't want to bring him back at what he may be you know, worth if he does stay on the field. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, um, so Stephen, I understand. I'm not trying to give Stephen like an ultra hard time here. Um, I understand his job is difficult. I don't want to be the guy that's just like, you know, slinging insults. Uh, but last week before the draft, you know, Stevens on one of five through the fan and he's okay. asked about Leighton Vander. She says, oh, yeah, you know, we, we really haven't gotten to that discussion. You know, we're going to talk about it after the draft. And it's like, Stephen, the deadline is the mo- is literally the Monday after the draft. Like nobody believes you, you know, and I understand he's just trying to be political, you know, whatever. Um, and then you're right. Like after the draft asked about it again, especially because the Cowboys had drafted two linebackers. Yeah. You know, we really, we just haven't gotten to it. You know, we're going to, we're going to say, we're going to think about this, whatever. And then, you know, to come out, I mean, imagine being Leighton and them, them literally saying, we don't think you're worth $9 million for next season, but we want you back. You know? (laughs) So like, if you're Leighton, you already know, you know, you're going to get far below that that rate and you know right now i mean if you're late and you don't really have a leg to stand on but stephen jones is doing a lot of peeing and telling people it's raining you know what i mean like that's you know it's just nobody's buying that kind of stuff it's just it's part of the funniness that is football you know what i mean like yeah it's it's raining insecurity for Leighton vanderish and hopefully he'll build the process but i mean you can't as an organization you can't blame him for not picking up that option of course he's been he hasn't played well i mean he's been is he can't stay on the field because of injuries so I don't know why everybody's so surprised about it. I think that uh, I think that the direction they're going, and maybe he'll be better suited in this four three. I think he was his first couple of years. Obviously, the first two years in the league was as a rookie had a tremendous year, and maybe it'd be more suitable. But it's all about health for him, and that's what the organization does. They look at what they who they drafted, who they have, and what the future and what they can do as far as the salary cap and. Look, again, I hope he goes out and balls and just and goes out there and makes a lot of money. And, and, but uh, that's something that right now that the Cowboys is not something that, that really they want to, you know, to, to, to willingly do because of who they drafted and who they have on their team now. So um, you mentioned the 4-3. I just I think this is important to specify because 
a lot of people here four three three four, and then they they run, you know, they jump to conclusions. Uh, Dan Quinn spoke for the first time since becoming the Cowboys defensive coordinator uh, after the draft. Uh, after the the Cowboys brain trust left, Dan Quinn got his own moment in the sun, and uh, it was really cool. I really enjoyed hearing from him. He's he's got a nice kind of demeanor about him. Um, and last year there was a lot of confusion, right? Like, are they a three four? Are they a four three? And and Mike Nolan kept saying, "Well, we're both. We're going to do it all. Whatever." Blah blah. Dan Quinn said that they will look like a three, four in base, but a four man front in nickel. And they are effectively a nickel most of the time. So nickel is basically their base. So they are a base four, three defense that has some three, four looks. Uh, but I think if, if you had to decide which one they are, like if, if you have to label it, they're a four, three defense because they play nickel so much, which is why, you know, it was awesome that they added three corners too. I mean, maybe it's two corners and a safety depending on how you define Israel Mukwamu. Um, but I mean, Overall, I mean, they they injected a lot of life into this defense that needs a lot of it. I don't know that all these players make the roster. Like I don't I don't know that even Quentin Bohana does. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot of bodies on defense. And they just added eight new players to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but that's that's why like the hardest position I think to make now defensively is linebacker. Like these, you know, the, the undrafted free agent one out of Texas AM that they they signed. I mean, life's going to be tough. Like Francis Bernard wouldn't make the team again this year because you're talking, you've got Michael Parsons, you've got your Cox, you've got Leighton Vanderish, you've got Jalen Smith. Now you have Francis Bernard, Luke Gifford, who are battling for that fifth spot. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tougher spot to be in, but at least the Cowboys do have options now. Uh, do you think, uh, do you think Jalen Smith was excited about the Cowboys linebacker selections? <laughs> uh, that was going to be my, my next comment. Uh, this is something that obviously has defense all written over it, as I mentioned earlier, that they needed to get better at that. But um, so there's going to be some competition, unlike any competition they've had before. And look, I mean, the one thing about a veteran in the National Football League, there's some nuances that you understand, understand about the game. It, the physicality is is there, but it takes a different takes on a different meaning to being a professional. And that's learning and really comprehending the system and as a player. So the physicality part for Jalen Smith, to me, I don't think everyone doubted. It's just the decision-making and him just being overreactive to different things. But uh, this is a – I give the Cowboys maybe a B, B-minus for what they did. Just the fact that they went all defense. So the first one, two, three, four, five, six picks. First time in know? franchise history they spent their first six picks on defense. And everyone was like, okay, well, if there's that sexy Kyle Pitts sitting there, what are the Cowboys going to do? And I think really, um, you know, the Michael Parsons to me was a very – was a message sent that, look, we're, we need to get better on defense. And I really like this. I think that when you get a new defensive coordinator, it's kind of like, well, what – how much of the voice are they going to hear from him? And I think that he said, look, we need to go out and get some defensive players – I don't know how many, as you mentioned, not, I don't know how many of these guys are going to be on the roster when it's all said and done, when they get to the 53-man roster. But it gives them an opportunity to do the competition where there's not, you know, we're coming out of the COVID where it's going to be more practical football. And these guys can ascertain all the information. And as you mentioned, Jalen Smith has got to be on, you know, has got to be on call as far as what, what he needs to do as far as uh, – getting better and understanding and really, really uh, making his mark. And I just know this, whenever they drafted a rookie 
whenever they drafted someone that was at my position, look, I was going to, I was going to be a, a good soldier. Tony hit, his, be... Tony hit his camera there and knocked his phone off. You were, you were intense about that. Huh? I was quick, but here's the thing. It's like, I want to be a mentor, but I'm not going to tell them everything that right. I know because they want my job. So I think uh, to, to make this long story short, that's the thing that some guys need to understand is that job security, right. there's no job security. It's it's it was a weird week. It's been a weird week um, overall. I agree. I agree with everything they're saying. But first off, but um, it's been a weird week at the linebacker position. It's kind of like it's felt like, um, you know, like in a movie when they have like a montage and it's like it's over like it's like 20 years or 30 years, like flat. They show you like little clips. It's like, you know, literally like three or four minutes over, like, taking place over 34. Right. Years. I feel like that's what happened because we saw, you know, the, the, the draft week got started with Sean Lee's retirement press conference. Right. So you're 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 kind of like facing that Sean Lee's leaving, blah, blah, Penn State linebacker, blah, blah. Boom. First round, Micah Parsons, Penn State linebacker. Okay, wow. And then boom, fourth round, Jabril Cox. Awesome. Another versatile, really fast lateral side to side linebacker. Great. Boom. Cowboys not picking up Leighton Vanderish's fifth year option. You know what I mean? Like it was just like like life dramatically changed at the linebacker position over the course of the last week. Like th- things rarely happen that quickly in the NFL. It just it all happened to land at the same time in a funny way. Yeah, I think that that's the, the greatness of now the draft. And and I think it's so it's out front and center. It's sensationalized. It's marketable. It's uh, the brand of the National Football League. All the, you know, all the, when the, the decisions when they're made and, the, and them getting the news and being drafted. I think that's great and that's cool and everything else that goes along to that. But me as a former player and understanding the game, you know, after they after they select you, after all the novelty is worn off that you're in the National Football League and you sign your contract, they own you. So now, not you know, that's just a metaphor that, hey, you're, you're an employee now. Now it's time to perform. Sure. And I think that that's, to me, sometimes that gets overshadowed, RJ, uh, the, the novelty and the brand and not the big focus is that's being a football player and being a contributor. Um, and I think that maybe we there's some guys that we've got on one more notably that is really that's been the focus is more the brand and not what you do on the football field. Sure. And that's kind of the state of the National Football League. But, you know, for these guys, man, this is the opportunity. And I look at that defensive tackle position. I think to me, you know, it's a all jobs are open. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I mean, that is a competition that these guys that if they transition over to the National Football League, they can make an impact because, you know, Neville Gallimore, you know, he's a third-round draft pick, and he he started to show some promise. And then Tristan Hills is former second round. He got hurt the ACL. He got Antoine Woods. But beyond that, and it's, it's just a question of, marks, yeah. It's, a, it's an open, you know, it's an open call for these guys to have an opportunity to make an impact at a position that they really, really need to hit on. Sure. Uh, well, um, Obviously, we have a lot to figure out and discuss uh, over the rest of the offseason, but uh, this was a good, you know, initial look at the class as a whole, specifically the defensive side of the ball. Um, so um, good times. Tony, uh, you said it all. So uh, that about <laughs> does it uh, for this episode of the 750. But of course, we'll be back next week. Nobody go anywhere. We'll see you then. This was the 750. 